Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I am so happy you're here today. We have an incredible guest with just an amazing story that we're so excited to share with you. Um, Our guest today, Babita Shrestha, she wrote this beautiful cookbook, this beautiful, beautiful cookbook called The Plant-Based Himalaya. And she has her own YouTube channel called Vegan Nepal. You can look her up. And she just has an amazing story. Growing up in Nepal, in a small village, her journey started by going to Hong Kong as a domestic helper. And somewhere along the way, she chose a completely different path. And she ended up in Minnesota in art school. And how on earth did she get from in Minnesota, in art school, to becoming this vegan chef who has this incredible uh, cookbook that really promotes uh, Nepalese culture and Nepalese cooking, her roots, her tradition with these beautiful photographs in it. Um, So we're going to talk to Babita today and hear all about her journey. It's so inspiring. It really um, is a testimony to uh, living your dharma, living your purpose, and also just how one woman can uh, dream of something truly bigger and dream of something truly more than what is right before her eyes and then step into it and really like step into this passion and live her purpose and have a beautiful life evolve out of that commitment to being true to her heart and her soul and being true to her calling. So I can't wait to share it with you. And I would love for you to come and step into your purpose and reconnect to your passion with me on Sunday, December 18th. I am offering my spirit-centered self-care retreat, which will be a live online retreat. It's a dedicated period of three hours that's going to be completely focused on you and your practice, where you can breathe new life into your yoga practice and discover your powers of manifestation and purposely plan your future as we head into 2023. So this is my last offering this year. Um, It's going to be an amazing time where we're creating sacred space. We're focused on connecting to that higher energy, envisioning your dreams, and just plugging into a bigger vision for yourself as we go into 2023. You know, we're leaving COVID behind. We're leaving a lot of things behind. And 2023 just really feels like a fresh start, a fresh year where we're going to be able to kind of re-engage the world in new ways and take all of this learning and all of this growth that we've cultivated over the past three years. Is it three years or two years? The past two years, it feels like three, I guess. Um, I guess 2020, 2021, 2022. So three years. Yes. Okay. (laughs) No wonder it felt so long. But 
cultivating all of this growth, all of this learning, all of the things that we've been marinating and really bringing them to life. And I'm excited to be here to help you bring your dreams and your passions and your desires to life and purposely plan your next steps, you know, shifting your mindset, increasing your positivity, creating more clarity and moving that dial forward so that you can really, you know, boldly um, create what you want to create in 2023. And there's going to be lots of different opportunities to work with me online this coming year um, in different mastermind groups. I'm focusing on creating the best uh, coaching experience I can for you in conjunction with a few other programs. I also have some live uh, workshops and retreats coming up in 2023. Um, but this will be my my offering for you this December, Sunday, December 18th. I hope that you'll join me. You can find all of the information on my website. I would love to connect with you and... Um, and yeah, work on breathing, some pranayama, some asana, and then some visualizing and some coaching and planning and envisioning. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time together. So that's what's coming up here, December 18th. And otherwise, let's hear all about Babita and her journey to bring her dreams to life and all the different paths she took to get her to where she is today, going from Nepal to Hong Kong to the U.S. and now back to Nepal and hopefully soon back to the U.S. again. So it's a really fun conversation and I'm excited to share it with you. So let's jump right on in. Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Harmony, and I'm here with Russell Case. Harmony, I just wanted to to say I did some cooking this week. You did, actually. I did, did some cooking. Yeah. I tried to make uh, Nepalese momos. You tried. We did not have the correct ingredients, though, did we? No. As it <laughs> turns out, you should never, under any circumstances, ever use coconut flour for anything. It is absolutely useless. Oh, look at this lady shaking her head. She knows. Oh, look at this idiot. It doesn't make dough. No one told me that you doesn't, the coconut flour doesn't make dough. It was so fair. But we have the lady who tried to help us make momos yes. on air with us today. I'm so excited. Um, I don't, I don't want to. Do you know how to say her name? Shreshta? Shreshta. Shreshta. Which one of us is more right though? Me. <laughs> Can you say it again? <laughs> Babita Shreshta. Shreshta. That's right. That's right. Oh, that's that's right. Babita Shreshta. That's very nice. Wow, Babita. Yes, Namaste. and you are Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste. Right now you're in Nepal. Yes. I'm in Pokhara, mm -hmm. Nepal. You You're what? Bokhara. Bokhara. Tell us about Bokhara. Bokhara, so it's the uh, second biggest city of Nepal, mm -hmm. but it is also the lake city and the mountain city of Nepal. So a lot of people who wants to like, I especially in yoga, 
for my first food i want something uh, delicious and yeah. something that i really love you know that's yeah. why i need to start the recipes but something that even a 12 year old should be able to cook yeah you know? mm. Because these are the recipes I've been cooking since I was 12 years old. <laughs> Amazing. That was actually yeah. one of the very attractive things to me is when I was looking through the book, I was because for me, the reason why I never cook Indian food is it's so complicated. And I have so many cookbooks on like Indian food and, and cooking, but yeah. it's like, for me, it seems really complicated. And I looked in, in your book and now I have my own copy here mm. um it's so simple it made everything so easy like the steps were just like only a handful of steps and yeah. easy steps <laughs> yeah. and also i love chai that is the one thing that i do make um regularly mm. especially in the um, winter and you have also, a beautiful chai recipe also first of all i have very uh, limited ingredients so like you know whatever you buy and keep it in the kitchen you can use it again and again for different recipes mm. so it's not yeah. like you buy ingredient for one recipe and then you need to buy other ingredient for some other recipes like the spices and for yeah. teas like things like that you have your basics and then you want to create something new like curries or different dal then you have to buy different <laughs> yeah Oh, it's so well thought out that way to just be able to like have like the main thing. I wonder if you could you could tell us more about your grandfather because it's very interesting. I think you said he was in Kalaya, uh-huh. Bara. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I very when I was very young, like 4 or 5 after my dad got out. Uh he he was always cooking in the in the kitchen. And so I was just very fascinated and I, with my father whenever he was doing anything. And yeah. so if he was he, he sometimes he's painting, sometimes he's in the garage, sometimes he's cooking. I would just follow him around everywhere and just watch what he does. Yeah, and that's so what I Yeah. And so like he when he is cooking, I just wanted to do that as well. I wanted to cook yeah. as as soon as I could. I wanted to cook and try and experiment. Is that the same for you with your grandfather? He was in the can you tell us about him? So, uh since I I I grew up with my grandfather because uh, as long as I remember my parents weren't around. My parents mm-hmm. were I think in Kathmandu and Hong Kong. So, basically they were they were not traveling but they were in search of work or living their life wow. let's see wow. <laughs> you know and then uh um, and my grandmother was sick so she uh, my grandfather was always busy in the kitchen or we had a farm so like you know in the farm or like he was more like a housewife of our household <laughs> yeah wow. and then <laughs> and i already had a sister who is a year and a half younger than me so i had to take care of her Mm. because i was the older one so no matter if we are the same age i'm the older one yeah. mm. <laughs> so um <clears throat> what happened was uh, i mean i guess when i was young i was already a little bit of grown up child or i don't know yeah. even like as far as i remember 
maybe because I'm the elder one, I already had this responsibility that, you know, my parents aren't around, so I have to take care of my sister because my grandmother is always sick and my grandfather always had to take care of her, you know. Mm. He cannot take care of, like, how many people he's going to take care of. He's already mm. cleaning, cooking, and this and that. So I started taking responsibilities at very young age. Mm-hmm. And then back in the days, we didn't have gas. We had a kerosene stove. Do you know kerosene yeah. stove? Kerosene. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, uh, he didn't wanted me to help, but I used to love hanging out with him. He's a very spiritual guy, mm-hmm. and everything he says is just like, you know, I like to hang out with him all the time. Like you know, it was some yeah. you have somebody like that. Yeah. Like so, so, some people have that aura and the yeah. uh, communication energy, energy ah. exactly. Yeah. And then, um, uh, I mean, basically, we we were in school all day, and mm-hmm. in the morning and the evening we have some time. So in the morning and evening, I would like to be with my grandfather father as much as possible and uh, 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 like uh, we used to have garden so he used to take care of the garden and then I was there with him in the garden you know picking or like washing like simple things not big things and then uh, whenever he used to cook uh, I used to like like for example it was if he had a hard time turning on the stove, I used to like, you know, I'll do it, I'll do it, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. I was one of those kids, like, I always used to say, I'll do it, I'll do it, don't worry about it. Mm. So uh, that's how it just started. And like, you know, because kerosene uh, stove, like for old people, you have to like, yeah. uh, you cough a lot. Because it has yeah. these fumes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fumes. and so I really feel bad. And once you are old and you start coughing, you just cough for I don't know five yeah. ten minutes nonstop. Yeah. So that's how I started, and then obviously uh, my parents had told me to take care of my sister. So generally, like you know, I had to. I don't know. I just thought it was my responsibility to take care of my grandfather because my parents mm-hmm. aren't there. Right. So uh, that's how whenever like uh, he used to cook, I used to be around there to chop stuff. And then once we are done eating, I used to do the dishes. So I started very early. Like I don't mm-hmm. even, I can't even say when, but very early. And yeah. it really helped him because besides taking care of us, my grandmother was always sick, so he has to he has to give her time as well. So that's how it started, and I really liked it. Like it was kind of passing time with your grandfather. Let's say, mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like oh. like when do you have extra time? Only in the kitchen, to be honest, or in the garden. Beside that, yeah. he has he has to take care of the grandmother and. Beside yeah. that, I had to go to school or take care mm-hmm. of my sister. So, and that's how it started. But uh, I had to uh, quit him, which was really sad because my uh, my mother was pregnant and she was expecting a baby, my brother. So then I had to go to Kathmandu to live with them, mm-hmm. and then that's how my real cooking or my 
day to day like you know everyday cooking started before that i used to just help as a shoe chef <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, since my mother was pregnant there was nobody to cook so like it automatically uh, i it was your job yeah <laughs> job exactly and then even uh, her pregnancy was a bit uh, not normal so like mm-hmm. uh, she had to take a long bed rest so then mm-hmm. automatically i had to uh, continue it and then mm-hmm. for some reason my mother and my family really enjoyed my cooking so it became my job then after that yeah <laughs> child labor yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. seriously you, you said that you were traditionally trained by your mother what does that look <laughs> like what does traditionally um, trained what is that traditionally trained uh, in a sense my grandfather cooking was very village cooking so like mm-hmm. you know there was no certain way to cook he just put everything together put the spices and like you know if dinner is ready and then uh, <laughs> my <laughs> which is still tastes good i i don't say like you know it was bad yeah. but uh, when i started living with my mother cuz before that like i said my parents weren't around so I never had tried the very authentic, let's say, Indian food or, you know, mm-hmm. food that is nice, uh, cooked in a certain way where you put uh, potatoes in certain time or spices on certain time right. where there's a technique. Yeah. And uh, when I started living with my mother, my mother grew up in India. Uh, so she cooks a lot of Bengali food. And then she also cook a lot of South Indian and North Indian food. So that's mm. how I started having different flair. You know, it's like wow, yeah. like this is really good. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, uh, the amount of spices she puts, or mm. like you know, the style she cooks, it was very different. And yeah. uh, I thought that uh, I should learn this because I don't know. Like uh, I just it. it just came from inside to be honest cuz uh, uh, i feel like if i if i learned this kind of cooking then this is a skill this is a skill set yeah. i can have it for myself because uh, in our culture uh, a woman does not stay with their mother or parents for rest of their life right mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah. when i grow up i have to do my own cooking mm-hmm. anyhow so i when you are already used to eating such food obviously when you go outside where are you going to get that food right yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can get that yeah. food yeah plus like uh, i come from a middle class family where you can really go out and just think about eating outside so yeah. you yeah. have to learn how to cook whatever you want to eat mm-hmm. and that's how i thought that uh, i feel like this is a great skill and uh if i don't cook for myself maybe like in the future i can become a chef and get a job or i don't know like mm-hmm. anything can happen because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. my mother really is a good chef to be honest i tried a lot of food but her food really stands out and i thought like you know i'm already blessed with uh, such chef <laughs> yeah. thing like you know yeah. <laughs> and i am trying to uh, and i don't have to pay for anybody to learn <laughs> I just yeah. have to cook for her all the time so whatever <laughs> yeah. I'll just do it. 
It's good training. It's a good palette for giving you feedback. (laughs) Exactly. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Like in the beginning days, I used to experiment a lot. I mean, I started experimenting with food when I was like 12 or 13. Can you imagine Mm. that? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, that's why like I did a lot of mistakes when I was very young. Mm -hmm. And that is how over the time I learned a lot of things, not only about food, but food culture and techniques and uh, growing and just everything that is a part of agricultural society, the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so for me, I love it. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. now I think uh, um, I have taken this journey because I want to help people who do not love it. Mm. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think you're well on your way because <clears throat> I think your book's amazing and it's easy to follow. And it's beautiful recipes, nice mm-hmm. recipes, tasty recipes. And um, yeah, it's perfect. If you're not really into cooking as much as you Absolutely. imagine you it's, are. <laughs> it's it's about an emotional state. And if you and if you if something gives you a particular emotion, then maybe you will you will have this uraga or devesha mm. where you will yeah. either desire it or you will reject it and so i think it's critical to i think to have if you're going to have a healthy lifestyle to to have homemade food it's true and if you're you have to learn how to associate cooking with good feeling absolutely (laughs) (laughs) i think it will come by itself once she starts giving a little bit of time like you know let's say you have to have like a practice just like yoga is a practice which i'm Mm -hmm. not really good at which I should have given more time. But for me, uh, my cooking is like my yoga and my cooking is like my meditation. Cooking is not only to eat healthy, to be honest. Cooking Mm -hmm. is about, for me, it's everything. Like if you want to be happy, you need to learn how to cook. If you want to share that happiness, you need to know how to cook. Obviously, Mm -hmm. you want to be healthy, you you need to know how to cook. Mm-hmm. I love it because I feel like uh, what are we what are we here for if we can't even eat good food? That's mm-hmm. like the most important part of living a life, and yeah. everything comes like you know, it is uh, secondary. Yeah, like our other passions, like designing this book or yeah. photographing mm-hmm. or, or whatever passion you have, yoga, painting, yeah. music, mm-hmm. this and that, farming. Farming is also very important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So um, I feel like I I hope more people understand that because there is this whole culture that does not want you to understand it. For example, mm. packaged food industry is—they don't yeah. want you to understand that. And for a temporary time, obviously, it is good for you. That's what you think because mm-hmm. you don't have time now. Mm-hmm. And then it makes you feel like you know, oh my god, thank God I'm like full because I bought this <laughs> <laughs> this food, right? Yeah. Temporarily, yeah. I get it. It's good. 
but like you know over the long run it is not going to be good mm. not only for your health but also your child's health since you guys are parents yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, if we don't realize it right now and open our eyes then i think the next generation is going to suffer really bad mm. that's mm. what i'm seeing i mean i've already seen this generation Uh, suffering really bad and we can see there are so many diseases so for many, no yeah. reason like so many and there yeah. are newer diseases that's coming because of this processed food mm-hmm. uh, so if you're yeah, already that's sick, really interesting if you're already sick just imagine how you're like if the parents aren't healthy how the child is going to be healthy this is it Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. I yeah. have I have a question for you because it, it's your life history is very interesting. I mean, thinking about you growing up in Nepal and and there is a civil war and your parents are go are traveling and going over to Kathmandu or Hong Kong to find work, mm-hmm. and then something very interesting happens with you, where you're in Kathmandu with your mother, learning a very traditional way of of cooking from your mom and she likes your cooking very much and you're now the cook. <laughs> and then you become uh you start working in Hong Kong. Yeah. And then you go to art school in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> Now this 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 there's a gap here of comprehension. Yeah. I don't understand how this is even plausible for a middle class girl from Nepal to suddenly be in Minnesota like that's for one that's very expensive it's an art school this yeah. is very expensive i went yeah. to art school in chicago yeah. and i wow. it took me 10 years just to pay pay off the debt and it's yeah. very it's very big how did this happen to you it's a very long story <laughs> <laughs> but very interesting madam it's very interesting i'm glad mm. you asked cuz uh, nobody had really asked me this and i think mm. uh, my husband was uh, going to ask me a lot of my life history question in his podcast to be honest <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was um, after my high school i was so good at taking care of children now because i took care of my sister and brother my grandfather and my mother my mm, father yeah. and cooking uh, again child labor let's say yeah. <laughs> child labor yeah. for me it was completely child labor but at the time uh, nepal was having civil war and then i didn't know what to do and my parents they wanted to send me college let's say mm-hmm. you know yeah so i was really in a state that i was thinking like uh, i don't understand my parents like instead of sending me and thinking about my future which i was already a smart child to be honest you yeah. know for that yeah. is uh, they thought that uh, no you should go to hong kong and work there you know <laughs> and then uh, for a while i thought uh, whatever like you know cuz i am very like i'm very at that time i was very like uh, i don't know how to put this in word but 
Like go with the flow. Go with the flow or else. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I was like, uh, not only go with the flow, I was like, uh, if they're not thinking about my future, maybe I'll just make my future however uh, it takes me, like whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll just go on this path and see where it goes and make my own way. Exactly. Nihilistic. (laughs) I wouldn't say that, but I was a bit. (laughs) or like you know yeah. it's like, oh, wow. I was supposed to go to I mean this is my time to college yeah. or learn some skill because I was already into art I come from an ethnicity where they're already great artists by yeah. nature let's say because of like you know generation of art mm. and uh, I was I wanted to study art but in Nepal uh, if you can only be an artist if you are from a rich family, that's absolutely. what I. Absolutely, you know. <laughs> I can't I think, tell people enough at home. That's absolutely yeah, exactly. true. <laughs> and then, which is the reason I could not even think about studying art. And right. uh, if you say if you come from a middle class and if you say I like art, then it will be like what? Like what? Are who you goes crazy? Who goes to school to study art? That's a waste of money, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I was really confused, so I thought maybe like if I go there, I, I might figure out something. I don't know, like whatever. I'll figure it out. I mean, I have a lot of skills. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you can cook. You can babysit. There are things babysit, to do. Babysit, and, and there's other other things also. Like I am naturally creative. Let's say, like I can figure mm-hmm. things out. So, uh, but uh, I also went for a domestic helper. I don't know if mm-hmm. you read my story. Yeah. And then, uh, which was in also Kong, for my... You were domestic. In Hong Kong. Exactly. So, uh, uh, it was, again, pre-planned by my parents. <laughs> uh, I, I, I had to work for my uncle. And uh, since I had not spent time with my that part of uh, grandfather and grandmother, my mother's mm-hmm. side, grandfather and mother... I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go and maybe spend time with them. You know, I like spending time yeah. with old people, I think. I don't know. I just thought <laughs> yeah. that time will go fast and maybe this war will be over and by that time I'll figure out something. I don't know. Like There was nothing going on in Nepal at that time, let's see. Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you cannot go anywhere. You just have yeah. to stay home all the time. <clears throat> it was like so, a lockdown kind of. Lockdown kind of, yeah. Yeah. So I went there, but uh, I discovered that um, this was more than child labor. <laughs> oh no! Oh, Hong Kong, yeah, child more slavery. than child child <laughs> yeah. slavery in Hong Kong. Yeah, <laughs> I wow. That this is like a child slavery. If mm. I work here, I will never get out because uh, yeah. never get paid. I never get off. Like, what the heck is this? This is. Right. Uh, and I could not even speak about it, but after two years, I really got upset. Like, you know, this yeah. is ridiculous. Like, what kind of mess I got myself in? And then uh, I decided to work for somebody else. And yeah. at that time, that is when I decided I want to go to U.S., you know. Right. Because uh, U.S. was the only country where they had really great marketing about you can have a college degree and then you can also pay your 
student uh, oh. loans or you know mm-hmm. college fee by uh, working certain mm-hmm. hours so like yeah yeah for example for me it was a good uh, good fit cuz uh, obviously i wasn't going to get any money from my parents so i had to make my own money to pay my school right yeah. so um i thought oh, okay i will try that one out as well uh, if it is in my fit because it was also very difficult to go to us so yeah. um very difficult not like uh, uh, american and european kids where you just decide that oh i want to go to nepal and then you just hop on a plane and go there and you get your visa it's not like that at all right. no. i went I've been trying my visa for two years to go back to US, and I have still not got it yet. So just wow. imagine. So uh, what happened was, um, uh, I I had not uh, thought about what I want to study by that time, mm-hmm. but uh, <clears throat> I just knew that I'm going to US. I don't know anything now. <laughs> yeah. I think that that is the only uh, option I have. Because I don't mm. think I have any option. <clears throat> because yeah. in Nepal you don't get loans and your parents are not going right. to pay. So I have to I have to study. Otherwise, I'm going to end up becoming a domestic helper for rest of my life, like someone's wow. yeah, yeah. servant for rest of mm-hmm. my life. And yeah. there are a few. Um, my mother's generation. There are a few women already like that in my yeah, family sure. who just thinks that you know it's best for them. I mean, yeah. maybe it's best for you guys. I get it. That's fine. Like you know, you guys are doing great, but it's not for me. <laughs> yeah, you wanted something different. Yeah. Exactly, and uh, again, like people think the way they grew up, and I don't want to also um, blame them. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, the way I think, they don't think like this. Yeah. The way mm-hmm. they think, I don't think like that. So yeah. there was this huge gap of dimension there. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Sure. So, so um, and then I decided I need to at least make some money, and then um, because applying for US was expensive, so yeah. I worked one year for somebody else. She was really nice, paid me. Whatever, whatever I deserved, whatever it was, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, at least you was, were getting paid this time. I was at least I was getting paid. <laughs> she was so nice that she was giving me so many off because she was so happy with my work. And okay. to, and it's really hard to find somebody who actually enjoys cleaning and cooking and mm-hmm. taking care of child these days, or even at that yeah. time. And for me, it was just like I love it. Like you know. Mm. And I already had experience with my own uh, sister, brother, and then cousins, yeah. so it was very easy for me. It wasn't mm-hmm. difficult. Yeah. And then after a year, I decided, no, now I have to go. Uh, this is not gonna happen. Like you know, <clears throat> it's been three years now. I'm already like, tra- I'm already forgetting what I studied. Like. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, can I even go back to college now? I don't even know. And then yeah. uh, in US, you have to, everything is in uh, English. Where sure, back yeah. home, it is in English, but it's still, there's a huge gap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, by that time, maybe I started using computer a little bit and 
we never had to use email so like this whole thing was was a wow. mess yeah and i and then i went back nepal and i i was very determined because if i'm not going to apply and if i'm not going to get visa i don't know what to do in my life right like at that time i just could not think about anything because in nepal even now there's no opportunity to be honest no. you know? yeah plus like like you said i feel like uh, when i came back to nepal i'm in 1800 right now it's like you know the way i think yes. and the nepalese is completely in weird different dimensions yeah. so that's yeah. why i don't really blame anybody it's just like i feel like the way people think they live in that dimension and oh, we need 1800 to... ad yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 100 years behind yeah, yeah. i understand so, exactly yeah, yeah. So, and then uh, I applied and uh, luckily, to be honest, it was really at that time, I remember if like 100 people apply, then maybe one person will get visa. Sure. That was that difficult. But uh, I tried my best, let's say, whatever I had to do, I did it. Mm -hmm. And then I got it. So, I now I got the visa. What am I going to study? That was sure. this question. Yeah. And then uh, I started thinking about business and like uh, since I was already helping my parents with business and all, I it didn't really interest me. Yeah. And then since I didn't have the science background, I uh, I could not really, I think, study science at that time. Mm -hmm. And also I had to maintain GPA and this and that. And I was thinking what I really want to do in my life. Like seriously, you know, yeah. if I... If I'm paying from my own pocket and if I want to really work hard to get this degree, which I'm yeah. like, you know, really want, I need to really sit down and think what I really want to study and then just do it. it I don't have to worry about getting anything back. I just need a skill, skill mm -hmm. set to mm -hmm. continue rest of my life. And then the only thing I can really think of is uh, filmmaking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was really into filmmaking because the way I look at uh, society by this time and just like people, you know, and yeah. Nepali filmmaking is still so behind. And I feel mm. like I feel like I am already like a uh, like a director, and I was into cinematography. I like to tell people like you know let's do this and that because I'm a sister, older sister. Yeah. <laughs> so I decided. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like it naturally came like you know I think I'm good at filmmaking like uh, I don't know about Hollywood movies but I can make uh, decent Nepali movies mm -hmm. and I was more into like artistic movie to be honest and mm -hmm. by this time we had no artistic Nepali movie let's say Right. Mm -hmm. The kind of movie I used to like to watch and versus the Nepali movies were so I thought, uh, that's fine. I'll just uh, do film studies and then we'll figure it out. I yeah. don't know how it's going to go. But uh, after a year of film studies, I started figuring out that uh, <clears throat> Minnesota is too cold. I can't really go out and be creative. I always have to yeah, be inside. Exactly. And then because of this uh, language barrier, I started getting really confused. Like, you know, I wanted to make a Nepali movie and now I don't know how to really like uh, 
let's say English movie or I don't know, like it was really difficult because yeah. again, to make a movie, you need to have certain friends who can help you without getting yeah. any paid, you know, you need yeah, support. That's, you know? that's what I was thinking, like going into film studies, that's a, a very uh, collaborative and yeah, expensive, exactly. Uh, exactly. expensive study. Yeah, it's very expensive. And uh, since I had to do lighting, editing, like everything, no, mm -hmm. uh, I, I I didn't really start liking. Like you said, I only wanted to do directing and cinematography, not right. editing and like you know music. All the other so stuff. All of the other, and I just yeah. thought, oh my god, it's not gonna work out. I'm just gonna fail, and and this is not what I came to US for because uh, mm. as an international student you can't fail and you have to maintain a GPA otherwise uh, you are dropped out and once mm -hmm. you drop yeah. out you can't have a status so I have to I think about so, it I was mm -hmm. so poor in art school I could barely feed okay. myself I was losing weight because I couldn't afford to eat <laughs> Luckily, I knew this Marathi family in uh, where mm -hmm. I was from, and, and she taught me how to make chats. And so mm. I'm making chats out of uh, cornflakes and peanuts, and that's, uh, oh. that's, what I'm, that's what I'm eating, you know? <laughs> oh, and my God. That's all the food I have. And, uh, but I, I mean, there's no way I can I – I wanted to study filmmaking, but there's no way. Yeah. It's so expensive. Yeah, it was so – expensive oh. and like you said it's collaborative so like yeah. you only have to be rich and you have to have friends who will just like you know do it with time do it for free and time exactly. then they waste have time. money as yeah. well then yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> like you have to have rich friends exactly rich oh my gosh I had i'm no glad that friends. you understand exactly <laughs> <laughs> and this is like a whole completely new world and yeah. i feel like who am i gonna ask and to be honest, there were some skills I learned during that time, which helped me in the future, like with my, yeah, yeah. just like, for example, finding my graphic design, because before that, I had no idea about graphic design. Right. In, in Nepal, we don't have a lot of majors. We have like very limited majors, like, for mm -hmm. example, business, uh, even within science, let's say management and uh, doctor, nurse. Just with a handful of majors, yeah. not mm -hmm. like in US, there are 200, 300 majors. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So after a year, I decided uh, I cannot do this. Like, you know, this is like just making me depressed, uh, to be sure. honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the lesson I learned was uh, you might like something, but it might not, you will eventually realize that it might not be for you. You know, mm -hmm. once you start yeah. doing it. And then I decided, I think it's not for me, but I still want to. I like art. Now I have found out that I think I like art. Now I'm already spending money. I think I'm going to study something related to art. Mm -hmm. and that's how I was digging different majors and I discovered graphic design. And I was like, wow, what is graphic this like design. graphic design? Oh, yeah. like you can design books and you can design t-shirt and uh, hat and then also also do video and photography and like you know so many things yeah, yeah. i feel like uh you know what i don't have to become uh or go to school as a filmmaker to make film 
because mm-hmm. all you need is a concept and a camera right you know, to make a documentary say i was more into yeah. realistic movie or documentary movie mm-hmm. not hollywood mm-hmm. movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. so uh, i thought wow this is going to be great fit because uh, somewhere in my life uh, i had a dream that writing book is going to be wow like you have to be not only rich but uh, very lucky yeah to find find something that uh, you stay home and then uh, write about it yeah so <laughs> what i mean it's like yeah. more than being rich and yeah. then i thought oh, I, uh, oh like uh, this is great